Hello and welcome to the February 21st, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. This is my neighborhood, this is my life, but this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. These eyes cry every night for you. Perfect song for the way I'm feeling, I guess. Welcome, everybody, to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. I am Mr. Joe, and it's good to have everybody here with me. It is actually a beautiful, beautiful day in Mr. Joe's neighborhood. And it's a, it's a darn shame that on a beautiful day like today, I cannot seem to pull myself out of this absolute misery that I am in. This misery that I've been in now for probably two or three days. Now, I have to tell you, uh, yesterday yesterday was pretty bad, actually. And ironically, yesterday, uh, when I was suffering from this uh, elongated bout of depression, and I, again, I know it's not, we're not talking weeks and weeks on end here. We're only on day, I'd say, three or four. Uh, but yesterday was a bad one. Even though with with how miserable I felt, ironically, I was able to get up and get out and kind of walk through the neighborhood, had my wife, had my two wonderful children with me um, from, you know, my previous marriage, my older ones. They're with me for the entire week this week. I had little baby Mickey around. I actually had my niece and my nephew as well. Um, And, you know, it was just great. It was great. And... I realize that when I'm out and about, it's it's once I get out there, I kind of um, I'm able to forget about that depressive state of mind that I am in. But whatever the case may be, I am not going to deny the fact that my rapid rapid cycling uh, has unfortunately now turned into uh, more of a depressive state of mind, where uh, the mixed states that I suffer from, at one point in time, they were primarily overtaken by the mania side of things, with depressive symptoms mixed in, they have now been overtaken by the depressive side of things, with little tidbits of mania that shoot up and out and all over my mind, none of which are enjoyable because for the most part they manifest into what I guess I would call complete and utter irritability. I have been downright mean and nasty, accusatory, um, uh, just uh, everything that you could imagine that a person would not want to be to their significant other. I have been that way towards my wife, and it's astonishing. Um, that, that somebody could treat another person like this. But what I'm starting to realize is that irritability is probably one of the easiest symptoms of hypomania to recognize, um, at least by others. And I'm, I'm not sure if my wife right now recognizes that hypomania can be defined by irritability because she said something to me today that only added to my feelings of depressiveness or 
depression, so to speak. She said, I, I really don't remember the last time that I saw a, a smile on your face and you asked me to read and to research and to be supportive and you can't imagine how much I actually do read and look into these things. And the one thing that I see constantly is that mania has moments of happiness and you don't have any moments of happiness and you know that's where the misconception unfortunately comes in because the sad thing is is she's not in my brain and she doesn't understand that there are actually moments of happiness the the sad part is that she's not always around for them Uh, i wish she was Uh, I, i would imagine that the moments of stability that she doesn't view as happiness that I kind of think are acceptable in happiness, you know, they don't really appear to be happy to her. They just appear to be, uh, I don't know what the word is, somewhat level-headed, not yelling for for that matter, not yelling and not agitated and not mean. Uh, But (sighs) it's a telltale sign, you know, of irritability is, is when you react with great anger over minor matters. I mean, if I was to define irritability, I'd say that you react with great, extreme anger over minor matters, really, is what it comes down to. However, those matters, they don't seem minor at the time. You know, I, I look at it today and uh, give you an idea of me being at the grocery store yesterday. I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry at the checkout line. You know, the the clerk, uh, the guy who's ringing things up, he's unbelievably slow. And now, all of a sudden, his conversations with the shoppers, who are probably very nice people, all of a sudden they begin to be bothersome to me. I mean, can anybody be that dumb to think that such trivia is worth putting into words? You know, where did they find this moron that would work behind uh, a, a desk or a counter and ring things up that would have the nerve to make me wait on a line while he chit-chats with other people? But here's the thing. What I started to do is learn the hard way, unfortunately, that this experience at the checkout line in the grocery store yesterday when I was simply just trying to buy five bottles of Diet Coke for my family so I could get them pizza and stuff like that, you know, that's that's a warning sign to me. And it's, it's, it's a warning sign to know that there's a good chance that I'm going to come home and I'm going to throw a bottle of soda across the room. Now, in a mixed state of mind, what's incredibly sad is that after, after... Now, none of this happened, just so you know. I did get extremely upset on the grocery line. I'm embarrassed about the way that I felt, but I could talk to my audience. And I know that there are several of you that can understand that irritability feeling that I, that I went through. I felt it today. I felt it just a little while ago. I went to drop off movies that I had rented at the library in, in Mr. Joe's public uh, town over here, public neighborhood. But just, just to backtrack, I did not throw a bottle of soda at anybody yesterday. And what I was going to say is what's so sad is that while I'm hypomanic to some extent, or if you want to use the word irritable, only within a few, few short minutes later do I feel suicidal. 
and um, it's 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 horrible. It's really horrible. It's horrible for my my wife to see it. You know, um, and for some, it's also very hard to recognize your own irritability during hypomania. So I want, if anything, if you get anything out of this edition of the podcast, we're going to talk about depression. We are certainly going to go back to depression because that is what I am absolutely feeling. And if you look back on all of my episodes, we have not spent a whole lot of time on depression. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, but if you're going to get anything out of this episode, I want you to... Start to try to recognize your own irritability signs during hypomania, in part because of the way hypomania affects the mind. Self-awareness, it falls, so it's hard to see your own role in the problem, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. It makes us single-minded. It makes us inflexible. It leaves us little room to ever compromise when we're in an argument with somebody, sometimes our confidence soars, which basically means we're in the right, no matter what. I mean, if you could see the slew of text messages that I sent my wife today that I now look back on and I think are absolutely in, 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 absurd, to say the least. It's just unbelievable that, that I acted that way, uh, wrote those things. But I was going to say, in driving to the library today, and as you can see, I'm scattered. I'm all over the place today, and it's it's kind of uh, horrible. Uh, and I hope this podcast does come through in a way that people can understand it and deal with my emotions today. I hope that I don't sound angry. I'm not angry at anybody out there. I'm you guys are my you guys are my rock man. You guys are my support. You guys are why I do this. But I need you just as much as you need me because one of the things that I'm missing is this podcast. I haven't done it in a few days, and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the lack of talk therapy because in driving to the library in which I visited just a few short days ago in which I was excited, we got our library cards, I was social, I was with the baby, Mickey was walking around, I was renting movies, I had all the patience in the world, I was chit-chatting, doing exactly what I didn't like the people on the grocery line doing, by the way, chit-chatting with all the librarians, I was the life of the library. Now, on the way there today, I was actually scared to go. I felt so uneasy in my mind, I cannot even begin to tell you. So before I go into depression, I want to uh, speak to you about a book that I took out from the library. And, you know, considering the fact that I am talking about the library, uh, I'll have to talk to you about the books that I took out. Now, I'm going to name just one of them for today. And by the way, <laughs> the person who checked me out, I could probably laugh a little bit about this. As she's checking me out, I mean, I, I'm looking right now. I'm actually in my own room today uh, broadcasting this podcast. And my two uh, older children are upstairs, Junior and Sarah Lee are both upstairs. And they're kind of doing their own thing right now. Uh, my son is on his PS4, my daughter is on her phone, in, indulged in electronics, but you know what, it's okay. Uh, they've, been, they've been out, they've been active, they've been doing their thing, and they, they work very hard at school. They need the rest, they need to relax, so they uh, asked to just kind of chill today, and I'm going to allow them to do it. Uh, although I'm still anxious about them being up there for no reason whatsoever. It's a, it's a darn shame that I could feel that way. They're not going to bother me, they would never... But yet I'm still anxious about wondering if they're okay, 
wondering if they have seen this side of me this week, guilty about it, feeling horrible about the way that I've been, wondering if they've seen me explode or heard me explode. In fact, a junior came down before and he said, you know, Dad, are you in, um, he calls my my uh, wife, who is his stepmother, he calls her mom also. He says, were you and mom fighting? And I had to explain to him, no, Daddy was wrong. We weren't fighting, Daddy was yelling. But uh, everything's okay now. Anyway, I'm looking, I'm in my room, I'm looking, I... I um, rented or checked out, so to speak, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and I have my eighth book in my hand right now. They must have thought I was out of my mind. <laughs> they probably got a kick out of it as they're checking me out. They're saying, okay, book on bipolar, book on bipolar two, book on schizophrenia, and <laughs> they're probably saying to themselves, well, we got a real, um, either somebody who's an educator who's or a mental health expert, or somebody who's into learning about mental health, or we got a real cuckoo bird who's here. Uh, but if they put two and two together and saw how just how talkative I was in the library for that particular day, they would probably know what kind of a bipolar person that they were dealing with. So anyway, I have a book in my hand, and um, it's written, and I, I recommend that you go out there and get it. Uh, I've started to read again, and I'm, I think it's a good thing. I know there's a lot of valuable information on, on Google. I do. Uh, but take, for example, what my wife found on Google, and she has been researching my disorder for quite some time, but yet she's only been able to find out, again, like I said, that mania means happiness. And that's what her quote-unquote comeback was to me today and that's not okay because that kind of information although you could you could research a little bit harder than that and find out the true meaning behind hypomania and mania but you know she was under that impression that uh, I, I'm supposed to be at least sometimes happy and sometimes elated she doesn't understand well she does I shouldn't say that because her Again, as she followed up on that statement, she said, you know, I don't know if, if, if mania is supposed to mean that you're rummaging through a closet and organizing things for no reason. And I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> I said, it may not appear happy, but it is actually what, uh, what part of my hypermania or mania is. So now, before I go on to the depression side of things, I just want to talk about that mixed mixed up side or mixed up state because again in this book I have a book written by Chris Aiken MD and James Phelps MD and it's called Bipolar Not So Much Understanding Your Mood Swings and Depression and it's an interesting book because they actually don't really talk all about bipolar they talk about the differences that we, we as people with bipolar disorder, how, how different we all can be, how some of us can experience, you know, different sides of, uh, or different ends of the pole. And, you know, as you, as you know, um, you know, me, for example, I could have sworn today that one of my dogs ran by me over six or seven times. I mean, and it did not happen. I had to actually go check and see in another room. So I have to assume that I was hallucinating today. Um, uh, you know, I got bent out of shape today because as I stared at the clock and it was the numbers 820, I pulled my shirt over my head and I became extremely paranoid because I felt like people were watching me through my microwave clock and I wanted to 
protect myself from that. People, that's schizoaffective disorder-like symptoms. And the only reason why it would not be schizoaffective-like would be as if I am in one of those states, if I am in a manic, manic state, which I might be. I mean, this is clearly not a, a typical state. It's not a stable state, so I cannot label myself schizoaffective. But my point is that not everybody is going to experience the same things. And this book really zones in on, on the fact that we're all different. When it, Even though we all share bipolar disorder, we're all different and we all experience different things at different times. One thing I have noticed, though, is that we can all relate to one another at one time or another, which is why I think I am receiving a lot of downloads and a lot of people are connecting with this podcast and a lot of people are listening because we're a team. This is our podcast journey. I say that for a reason because at some point in time, I am going to hit on a way that you feel. And that's my intention. So again, before I go to the depressive side of things, and I am going to look in this book a little bit for the remainder of this podcast, but I just wanted to wrap up the entire mixed upside or mixed state of mind one last time for this particular podcast because I found in this book, and again, bipolar, not so much, understanding your mood swings. Go out and get it. It's, uh, let's see, it was, it was uh, made, you know, it's, it's pretty recent. It is actually a copyright of 2017. So it's a pretty new book. Um, which is great. You know, they've reproduced it and reprinted it in, in 2017. Now, uh, I see that one of the authors, Charles, Chris Aiken, it says 1974 author and James Phelps, 1953 author. Um, so they're pretty old. <laughs> not not old. I don't mean that. Please don't take any offense to that. 74. I was born in 75, so I don't mean that. He's old. I mean, you could perceive this information to be old, that's just when they started, uh, that when they became authors. Uh, so that's a good thing, meaning that they got a lot of experience, and here they are producing or, or um, publishing a book in the year 2017. So this is, this is some good, up-to-date stuff, in my opinion, even better than some of that Google stuff that's out there. Not to say that that's not great and you shouldn't be doing your research online, continue to do that, but if you find yourself getting a boat of misinformation this is a good book to listen to or read. So I'm going to ask you to listen to this part right now, and it's only a paragraph, and I found this to be one of the best ways to describe a mixed episode. This is exactly how I feel. So the key point here is it says mixed states happen when manic and depressive symptoms overlap. These are desperate states of anxiety, agitation, and irritability. Perfect. Now, I want you to listen to this, and again, I don't like reading, but I'm going to read this to you, and I think it's important that we all concentrate on this paragraph here. When symptoms of mania and depression overlap, it's called a mixed state. Unfortunately, the ups and downs don't cancel each other out. Instead, the overlap causes anxiety and tension as the symptoms pull in opposite directions. I feel tired and wired, restless driven to do something, but I don't know what to do, are common complaints. I think that is an amazing, an amazing way to, to label mixed episodes. 
Here you might feel a little kind of bummed out with an edge to it. That's another great way. Uh, not one of those zero energy depressions. This one's got some push behind it. You can't really focus. Your mind's going a little too fast to really concentrate on the book that just last week you were enjoying. Hey, I just I just enjoyed, excuse me, and I'm just going to reread that again. I was interrupted by the home phone fax machine. Uh, your mind's going a little too fast to really concentrate on the book that just last week you were enjoying. Well, I just enjoyed a few days ago the library, and now I couldn't even concentrate on my drive there. This is a great ending to this. If you didn't know how to connect this state to your mood disorder, you might just think it was a bad day. Maybe it's your husband's fault. You hate when he leaves his shaving stuff out. <laughs> Now, shift to the right to point two, where depression is severe and mania mild. All right, everything seems negative and your body is slowed down, but your thoughts are racing. In the state, in this state, you may just sit and think and think and think. And almost everything your mind comes up with is negative. Okay, move the manic symptoms up a notch and you get point three. This is the worst kind of mixed state, definitely more painful than depression or mania alone. You're agitated and anxious. You can't sleep, you can't think, and you're so irritable, it's all you could do is keep from biting people's heads off. This tension strains muscles throughout your body, causing all sorts of physical symptoms. At this level, we hear things like, Doctor, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, or I'd do anything to make this go away. And to be honest, everybody, that's why the risk of suicide goes up in a mixed state as people do desperate things to escape this anxiety. Now they say, let's uh, clear some of that depression and move to point four, where manic symptoms spike and depression is mild. Here you could feel over-energized, wired, maybe even a little giddy. You might lose patience easily and come across as a bit testy and sarcastic, but generally you think your mood was okay. That's kind of what I was in uh, a couple of days ago. Mixed states tend to be unstable, so your mood could bounce around on this graph, and they show a graph, from day to day or even within a day. Often the depressive symptoms peak in the morning, while the manic ones are higher at night, but every pattern is possible. And I can tell you right now that mine are all over the place. There is no specific pattern, unfortunately. So... I thought that was a good way to talk about the mixed state. I know we've had an entire podcast on that, but I don't even think my podcast uh, that that was dedicated entirely to mixed episodes did justice the way that I just did justice to it now in the use of somebody else's language and words. That really, really allowed me and helped me to understand exactly what a mixed state was or at least explain it to somebody. And I asked my wife to read that. Um, and of course, what did she she focus in on? She focused focused in on the word giddy. <laughs> she said, "You're never giddy." I said, "Well, I'm sorry." I said, "I guess I guess if you would have read a little bit further, that everybody's different, and I guess I don't have any giddiness to me." So, you know, it's it's been a rough couple of days for me, everybody. So here we are. Um, let's talk about depression. And uh, again, I'm going to refer back to this book because there are some good points in here. And here's where I'm at. And I labeled something in this book because I will tell you this. In full-blown depression, which is what I experienced yesterday, although I was able to get out, 
before I was able to get myself up and out, I was in full-blown depression. As a matter of fact, when I returned home, before I went to bed, I was in full-blown depression. And for me, that meant I could not move out of my bed. I actually fell asleep with the light on. There were moments where I was crying to myself. There were moments when I didn't even have the energy to cry. If you understand what I'm talking about, then you understand what my depression was yesterday. But um, let me talk about this here, because this is more along the lines of what I'm feeling today, and I'm wondering if you can relate to this as well. Uh, It's not plain depression, but it falls somewhere in between these two extremes. It feels like depression but with an extra edge that's hard to describe. Restless, agitated, anxious energy, mood swings. These are a few of the words our patients have used for it. You can call it bipolar, and some people do, but we think that the word describes not so much, at least not in the sense that most people mean when they say bipolar. So, you know, that's that's the kind of depression and I don't know if there's a good word for the type of depression that I even have in mind uh, if that makes any sense now one of the other things that I've really really started to deal with is um, I guess you could call it self-blame and guilt Uh, one of the aspects of my depression that makes it so dangerous is that self-blame there's a lot of times that I do you know, it pulls my self-confidence down to a delusional low. You know, so, sometimes I think that I am the cause of other people's unhappiness, which is silly. And I found a great example here in the book, and I actually marked it off right now. And I speak about their patients. For example, one of our patients was standing in her kitchen and heard her mind come up with the thought, that everyone can, everyone else can empty their dishwasher but me. I can't even get that done. This doesn't sound like a delusion, does it? Yet think about it. First of all, plenty of other people are slow to get their clean dishes out of the dishwasher. And more importantly, this woman has emptied her dishwasher hundreds of times. But her mind is not giving her any credit for that. If your bank statement was this inaccurate, you wouldn't think, oh, someone made an error. You'd think, this is utter fraud. Our patient was amazed to realize, as her depression improved, how extreme her self-blame had been. At the time, it seemed completely appropriate. And that's the thing, guys. When we are in these bipolar states of mind, whether they be depressive states or manic states, or hypomanic states, because a lot of times I talk about that manic state of mind where we feel like the way we're acting is completely appropriate. Well, sometimes the way that we view ourselves in a depressive state of mind, we also feel is completely appropriate, and really, it's, it's actually kind of sad because it's not true at all. You know, these are things that, you know, I I have driven to the library about 10,000 times in my life. So, um, you know, it is delusional to think that, that, you know, I'm causing the traffic because I'm driving too slow. Because that's what I thought today. I said, oh, my God, this person behind me must think I'm out of my mind. And I looked at my speedometer and I said, am I going too slow? I mean, 
you know, these are just crazy, crazy thoughts that go into our heads, and it's just, it's just unbelievable. Um, and 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 I, and I haven't been able to figure it out. I really haven't. I haven't been able to figure it out. I know that it's it's almost uh, it's become like a terrible loop for me over the last couple of days. It's like um, that shift in my brain chemistry. It starts to make these thoughts uh, seem more real, uh, if that makes any sense. And I and I find myself to be you know it's it's almost like. I, and I remember the book saying something like depression can grow like a weed and can take over the entire garden and the weed feeds on vicious cycles. And, you know, that's how I have felt over the last couple of days. You know, guys, depression is not the same as sadness. Severe depression, it can actually numb emotions to the, to the point that, again, like I am unable to cry. And... uh you know, the appearance of tears sometimes, if you do have tears, may also be a sign of recovery, believe it or not. I like to think that also, because sometimes when I just cry it all out and I get it out, it sometimes allows me to uh, get rid of that sadness or that depression. Let's forget about sadness, because it's not sadness. That depressive feeling, that depressive state, sometimes, you know, I can get it out. I could get that crying out. You know, I'll feel... Everything's slow. Things are things are slowed down. My thoughts are all sluggish. My energy is low. You know, my muscles feel weak and heavy. That's how I felt. And it's like minutes feel like hours. Hours feel like days. Until I'm able to get on my microphone and speak to my podcast audience. You know, my sister was here today. She picked up a ne- my niece and my nephew. And we got to talk. We got to talk. And it was amazing. When she first got here, I I couldn't even pull my head up out of my plate of what I was eating, the food that I was eating. I really was shoving shoving it down because I had no appetite. Couldn't even make eye contact with her at first because I was so ashamed of how depressed I felt. So I had a really hard time commenting back or laughing at anything she had to say. And then finally I got out of my chair and I walked over to my sister and we just started having a conversation and halfway through I said, my God, I said, I can't believe how much better I feel just in talking to you. Uh, And then I had that motivation, that high burst of energy where I was like, that's it, I'm going to the library and (laughs) here is the craziest thing of all is that as I'm speaking about this depression and I'm sorry, I got to go back to the mixed state Do you know that I actually wrote my wife a text message and I said, I'm going to do it my best to go to the library if I can get myself up and out. And I said, and I may even go to Nissan and buy a new car. (laughs) I mean, who says that? (laughs) Who? Because at that time I was feeling ultra confident in the fact that nobody is going to get me. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to tell them what price I want to pay. You know, and then as I'm going to the library, I'm saying to myself, dear God, I wouldn't even want to step into a library, let alone a a, a dealership right now. So these are the mixed states of emotion that I I was feeling over the last couple of days with a real, real kick into the uh, depressive side of things. Anyway, 
it's been it's been awesome talking to my audience. I love talking to you guys. I want you to know that I am on a hundred milligrams of lamictal uh, still. I'm seriously considering adding a uh, adding a antipsychotic because I think if these hallucinations and this paranoia does not check itself into uh, the right gear, so to speak. I am going to have to explore that with my doctor. I'm not due to see my doctor until March 25th, I believe. So we got a ways to go. It's about a month away. Uh, we do keep an email contact. I am planning on going up to 200 milligrams in Lamictal. There's no way that I'm stopping here. Uh, another thing to keep in mind that may be the cause of some of this is I have dropped down in Suboxone once again, slow, slow taper. Um, and, you know, that probably could add to some of these feelings of instability. So I just wanted everybody to keep that in mind. Um, and that's it. I wanted to keep this a, a relatively short episode for everybody's uh, convenience, so to speak, today, just to give you a little update on how I'm feeling, talk a little bit about depression. Uh, if you are in a place where the weather is beautiful, I hope you're enjoying the beautiful weather. It's probably going to get cold all again again in a couple of days. Anyway, thank you for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day, a great night.